Hello my dear listeners welcome to this new podcast Today I will be talking about geostationary and geosynchronous orbits I'm Venkat Raman Patnaik and I'll explain these topics in great detail how they work what are their advantages disadvantages and technical challenges as well as their possible solutions We'll also talk about general stuff like their work how they work their basics and what's the point of using them i'll try to keep it as basic containing some technical knowledge but i'll also try to keep it as simple as possible so that anyone can understand if you like this podcast do consider sharing it to someone else who might find it helpful without further ado let's start this podcast Let's first start with the beginner's definition of both orbits. These orbits are located in an altitude of 36,000 kilometers and they are stationed usually over the equator that's for the geostationary orbits but the geosynchronous orbits can be located with angles or inclinations so geosynchronous orbits can have an angular inclination while geostationary orbit just locates on the equator meanwhile these orbit right over one place so they take 23 hours and 56 minutes and 4 seconds a so called sidereal day wherein we cover a whole day but exclude the solar day so that we can count in from the first point of aries to a whole rotation we will cover that but this is just to cover a whole beginner's definition now these orbits take a sidereal day to cover the entire earth and they will be located over one point so you won't have to be worried about a satellite just drifting away into the wrong direction if it's launched over india it's over india if it's launched over the us the uk it's over those countries now let's talk about why do we really need these satellites because firstly 36000 kilometers sounds too far away to launch and secondly that's too far right i mean smaller satellites can do a better job at communicating so why do we need bigger satellites and bigger orbits for any reasons well the answer is simple coverage when you are over the orbit you need coverage so geostationary orbits provide a very high coverage in fact three could cover 80% of the entire earth another one could just cover 120 that means 20% overlaps between satellites so you can just think that one geostationary or geosynchronous orbit satellite can cover 30% of the whole earth that's crazy that's why we need 
geostationary and geosynchronous orbits. But let's just not go to fantasy because clearly these have disadvantages too. We'll talk about what these disadvantages are in the podcast. Firstly, these are completely challenging to operate. We need big satellites, humongous satellites so that we can just communicate between Earth. In fact, a smaller Leo satellite could cover more easily and more faster compared to a geostationary or geosynchronous orbit. That means a LEO orbit providing internet services will have no coverage but high speed. As we go higher, the speed goes low but the coverage gets higher. So this is a trade-off. Coverage or speed? It depends on the manufacturer on what they want to do. So we are just keeping as a variable, a trade-off. Next, what are the user challenges? The geolocation, the interference and any mitigation sites. In fact, we are just dumping too much debris that there's a good chance one debris or one piece of debris can block communication ranging from a few seconds to a few hours. Nextly, the geolocation or basically the co-location between the satellites. Then we have to make sure, doesn't matter if there are three geostationary satellites or there are four orbiting the Earth. There has to be a perfect co-location so that two or more than two don't crash between satellites. So, this geolocation runs on the software beam. So, what they do is that they place one satellite over a location placed right exactly using an atomic clock. So, they communicate the times between an atomic clock, which is more accurate than your regular clock. So, if a satellite is pointing over central India, then another satellite pointing over, suppose, Hawaii in the United States. This means that using the atomic clocks, we can figure out that one satellite is over the other in one location. So we have just communicated between one satellite which says that I'm over India while the other one says I'm over Hawaii. This co-location that is required is the perfect co-location which we want but that's not the case. Because this co-location can get broken or in fact they can go a bit off direction or the GPS just doesn't locate well. It depends on the navigational systems that they are using. 
So if one is using a more accurate system and the others just server is slow, I think it's a clear point that one can have a broken or a crooked connection between the satellites. In short, we need a proper communication, but the operational challenges just make it tough. Let's go to another challenge and that is propulsion. See, as I said, there are a lot of space debris in space and we have to stay away from them. Doesn't matter if you are higher or if you are in low earth orbit. And yes, even though there is more debris in low earth orbit than any higher orbit like geostationary orbit, we have to keep in mind the graveyard orbit is just above us. So any oscillating satellite can hit ours. There is an important role of propulsion over here. Now many use the common propulsion systems using nitrogen thrusters, DRCS thrusters which stands for Reaction Control System, RCS. These thrusters are used to orient or move a satellite. Now these can also cause a problem. Maybe the thrusters get jammed or they fail, we run out of propellant, the so-called dead satellite and we can only communicate with the satellite. There's no meaning because the next second there's about to be a debris crashing outside. So that's why there could be better propulsion systems used or slower propulsion systems used like the electric propulsion. Now, the good point of electric propulsion is that even though they are slow, they are just super efficient. So, slow but efficient engines. We have come to another trade-off. Do you want to keep your thrusters slow in the cost of keeping it efficient? Or do you want to keep your thrusters efficient in the cost that it will be slow? Now, the main reason to not use electric propulsion is obvious because they are slow. But here's the point. You can race, you can lower, you can change your orbit using an ele electric propulsion system. You can also make them move with precise efficiency. As I said, electric propulsion systems have huge efficiency with their ISP over 1000-2000 seconds. And yes, I'm not joking, that's the actual number. The most efficient engines have been 456 to at best close to 500. So it makes sense. Would you want to make your propulsion system efficient or slow? Next is the orbit operations. Here's another challenge. How would you want and where would you want to keep your geostationary satellite? Above your head 
or to another place? Well, it depends. A spy satellite on Geo's synchronous orbit, even though it doesn't stay there, it would tend to go to its spy location. And this is just in the namesake of examples because spy satellites really don't stay in geosynchronous orbit. They stay in a highly elliptical orbit which is a completely different orbital system. Meanwhile, we as communication satellites want to communicate over our country. Maybe it wants to broadcast TV. So we want to be able to make sure that all television booths or all television dishes or antennas that are located above our house will be communicated with only one or two satellites. So that is the reason why we need to do so-called mission planning. And this is not only the location of the satellite, but this also includes how does your rocket go? Basically, does it go too slow? Is it not efficient? Does it have less propellant? It all depends on that. So, we want to be able to make sure that we are having a properly launched operation. Maybe the GSLV rocket is pretty darn efficient. We want to keep it over India so we can stably launch it. But at the same time, using a PSLV rocket is not your choice. It's not made for the thing. And even though it can technically go to the orbit, considering that the satellite can reach the rest of the way, we again have to make sure that the rocket can deorbit and land back safely according to its mission profile. And that means that we really need to make sure we are going the right way, launching it on the right direction with the right rocket so that the rocket does not explode or fail. And lastly, we have to put high output satellites or high beam satellites. These just mean that we have to locate our satellite towards a beam or towards another different location so that we are stably locating over one place. So our antennas, our beam pointing and our orientation system, the directional system is also important. As a electrical engineer, we must have heard of antennas. The antennas can vary as an omnidirectional or a directional antenna. A directional antenna is fixed over one direction. This is effective for communicating over one precise location. And omnidirectional is omnidirectional. It just goes everywhere on its coverage. And it doesn't matter if the communication 
over land, over the sea, over land, or to another territory. This means we have to precisely point the beam of the satellite and the methodologies can be really complex and these methodologies can vary from a movable antenna to an omnidirectional antenna or to a directional antenna system on the ground which means it will keep pointing towards the satellite to make sure that its direction is stable. These are the challenges and pretty obvious challenges when we are launching satellites to geostationary or geosynchronous orbits. But its advantages, I guess, outweigh the disadvantages, and that is the reason why they are still in the air and they still are located in what they are figured and what they really need to do and that's pretty much why we use them I mean they are better than keeping a satellite or rose orbit than making a whole constellation which is just super risky in some cases after all they provide good coverage they are highly available they usually tend to give good quality and are pretty reliable as well. So, there's a trade-off. Again, do you really want to focus over all the advantages to make a proper geostationary or geosynchronous satellite? Or do you just want to listen to the disadvantages and maybe think of moving on with another method? It depends on the manufacturer, the application, and if we are certainly trying to make a good satellite that can communicate with a good coverage and is pretty reliable, I think we should go with a geostationary orbit. If not, let's think of something else. That is it for today. I hope this helps in communicating about all the problems and efficiencies related to geostationary and geosynchronous orbits. Thank you.